A Frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Captain Slug. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new episodes, to seek out new jokes and new references, to split infinitives that no one has split before. Captain Slog, Stardate 43. These are the continued voyages of uh, me, Eddie Edwards, and Mark Bench as we trek our way all the way through Star Trek Next Generation. But this week we have a guest. Yay! Laura, say hello. Introduce yourself. Tell people who you are. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura. I, I've been continuously referred to in this podcast as its only <laughs> listener. Um, and now I'm on it. I'm Irish, which comes into play this week. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, my God. I'm going to say, before we do like a normal little catch-up-y bit, um, I didn't think we'd find an episode that would be offensive to me as a white man. <laughs> I'm glad you, a British man, have found so much offence in this episode. <laughs> I qualify for an Irish passport. Uh, yeah. Technically. It is odd to find an episode of Next Generation uh <laughs> offensive to white people rather than say the later Star Trek series uh, with all that goddamn diversity you know what I mean these days you'll get put in jail if you even say you're from the Federation Mark you can't even have a, you, you can't even have an all white future Starship crew on telly anymore what's that about I've actually been reading a lot of comments recently about how uh, you, you don't get white couples in adverts anymore. If you look, if you really look at adverts, you don't get any same race couples anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna throw that out there in the ringer. <laughs> I am. Um, one 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 time, I got into uh, a sort of a drunken argument. Sort of. It was a drunken argument with my uncle, who gave it the old, "If they're thirteen percent of the population, they should be in thirteen percent of adverts." And I was like, I, I mean, I was pretty drunk, so I can't really remember the context, but I was like, I, I love the naivety you have that you think that adverts exist to service you. Like, the, uh, that you think that adverts are like a public service announcement, that it'd be like, yeah, it should be represented. No, it, look, if we all agree as a nation that the sexiest thing is a mixed race male doctor... From re- the res- no, what Grey's Anatomy, it's from Grey's Anatomy. Or, or then then that's what's going to be sold to us because that's what we want. If Jackson from Grey's Anatomy sold assisted suicide, I'd I'd buy it. I'd like to just throw out here: Mark just likes any somewhat good-looking rebellious doctor character in any. Oh my god, I mean we've spoken about him several times on this podcast, but Conrad (laughs) from The Resident (laughs) as as a man who is like, I'm not going to say I'm, no one is completely straight, right, but I'm I'm pretty straight for the the benefit of this conversation, I'm I'm there, like it would would take a lot to 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 pull me away, right (laughs) But Jesus, man, this guy, it's its like God made him. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like I want to be him. Like a sexy, thin doctor shagging a woman who's arguably not as good looking as he is. <laughs> uh, Played by the actress who's um, Sharon? Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. Carter. Yeah, but he's still way more attractive than she, and she's hot. But yeah, he's she's hot for a woman who made out with her uncle. (laughs) Yeah, no, by marriage, we've all done that. How many guys fancy Leia? Leia, princess. Yes, no, I know. She made out with her brother. I don't think the making out with family members decreases or increases your hotness level. 
Right, but I, I thought you were well, suggesting that she'd made out with Uncle Owen. <laughs> I I would argue that neither Luke nor Leia were aware of that relationship. Sharon Carter absolutely knew that Steve Rogers had gotten off with her auntie. Uh, Peggy Carter Peggy Carter probably talked about that once a day, and she had things no, to do. I'm imagining that Peggy Carter because like they had to keep the fact that Steve had turned up in the timeline in the past secret. So I'm guessing that like Peggy Carter kept telling all of her friends and family about her new boyfriend who was really really great, and everybody else was like when she left was like it's just it's just sad that she's never gotten over Captain America. So now she's pretending she's got this boyfriend that we're never allowed to meet because it's because it, it breaks security protocol. I mean, everybody it, felt Aunt Peggy was really miserable. It's an interesting take, but it does show a fundamental misunderstanding of the mechanics of quantum time travel in the Avengers movies. <laughs> because, and I will look, I will fight with people online about this more than the fact that you can't even have white people in adverts anymore, right? The timeline where Captain America went back to the past didn't exist until the end of Avengers Endgame. No, they, the Russo brothers have confirmed that the, uh, that the uh, husband that she had a life with is him. That's why nope. he's there at the end. That's, that was allowed no, because he, always, cause he had always done that. He nope. had always been there secretly in the background, not nope. stopping all the evil things. Nope. Captain America's a dick. Anyway, none of this, none anyway. of this is true. Anyway, um, <laughs> Star Trek, eh? How are yeah. you? How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Uh, I, like, like I say, it's, it's a bank holiday, so I've been painting and decorating. Uh, that's fun. Uh, I've, I've had, um, I, I have had a weird thing happen to me over the last couple of weeks, which has been interesting. Um, as a result of my brain tumour treatment, um, I've just got a numb patch on my face and tongue. Uh, but it has stroke? apparently sh- no. It's just like um, that's the muscle, the nerve that covers that side of your face is where they blasted with radiation. So I was told that might happen. So it's got this weird tingly patch that grew up to about like half of my entire face, but has now shrunk back down. Oh wow! So yeah, that that's that's what's going on with um, Stallone. <laughs> yeah, and in, uh, in, in the womb, uh, he got he got nerve damage, and that's why he's got that. Yeah, that business, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then his mum did that as well because she wanted people to know that she was Stallone's mum. So she just started copying it uh, yeah. for no reason. Frank Stallone didn't gen- do it. Frank Stallone no. just had a very successful pop career. Did he? Well, no. <laughs> uh, his, no. He, he's, his songs are good. Uh, right, what to what to do right what to do right here right is um, insert the first ten <laughs> seconds of the Frank Stallone song "Far From Over," and and then cut. Right. Okay, I've done that now. Uh, I assume it was a bop. <laughs> oh, it's real good. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, yes, Star Trek. Uh, we've got Laura on as a guest this week because this week the plot of Star Trek is they go to the planet island, uh, where they they're fortunate because what they they turns out that um, the Irish are good at drinking and breeding, which is uh, the two things that are apparently important for the episode. Uh, Laura, just on a scale of one to ten, how much did you hate this? <laughs> I'm gonna say eight point five. <laughs> It would have been a nine, but the the cropped Aaron jumper won me over in the end. I initially hated the cropped Aaron jumper, and then I loved the cropped Aaron jumper. Everything else is awful. And can I just say that I I, I normally quite enjoy the sexual escapades of Riker, but the the extent to which bang some ginger Irish gal was definitely on his list really annoyed me <laughs> he he fucks off work to do that as well yeah. he's like there with Picard and Picard's like we should go back to the bridge and Riker's like no I'm gonna stay here and do stuff and Picard's yeah. just like fine yeah <laughs> and and he, he he quite immediately is happy to be like oh no I'll just give her to this 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 planet of 
spoiler, clones. <laughs> I, I, I also like the fact that Riker doesn't really like the Irish people until he sees her. Like, prior to that, he's got problems with them. I, I've got it written down here as having ideas above their station. Uh, now, I don't <laughs> It's... So, Mark, I've got a genuine question, because I've, I've got my notes here, and I watched it a couple of days ago. What is the actual plot of this episode? Because there seems to be a lot of stuff that happens, but I can't work out what the story is. Uh, right, so they... Right. <laughs> so they, they discover a distress beacon from a ship that left Earth shortly after first contact. On that ship was a bunch of the Irish with, like, Irish accoutrement, like, yarn spinning wheels and chickens and that, right? (laughs) And then, at some point, that that went to its own little planet, and it disconnected from a spaceship carrying who we shall call the Brits, (laughs) who had, like, actual 22nd century technology and that, right? Or 21st century. Um... And uh, it turns out that the Brits, through what is obvious, it's very it's very prescient that we're doing this this week uh, when the head inbreeder has died, um, <laughs> because this is about how the British elite just can't fucking keep their own DNA going. Uh, yeah. They just keep cloning themselves, and no one can tell yeah, the difference between any of them. Okay. So, so 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 they have to bring in the Irish to. Save so the so the, the Enterprise discovers that the Irish planet is gonna be it's gonna be destroyed. Basically what's gonna happen is that an outside force is gonna come in and just cut one sixth of it off. Uh, <laughs> for no real reason. Uh, and uh, it's gonna destabilise the entire planet. I don't know what that's about. But they, so they have to get all the Irish off and uh, they discover that the the, the, the that the Irish are um they're from post-warp Earth. Yeah. So, so basically, I think we should, basically we, there was one fella, and maybe, maybe, he, maybe these people aren't Irish at all. This is just one <laughs> absolute plastic paddy who was like, "I'm gonna go onto a new planet and make Ireland again," with no idea of what Ireland is or was. It's very much Ireland in the vein of I've of Bally Kiss Angel mm. rather than Ireland the country. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a concept that I've been learning about on the Blind Boy podcast, or as Laura calls it, when I'm at mass, um, <laughs> called a hyperreal simulacrum, which is when right. people who are fans of a time period or a place take it upon themselves to recreate that time period or place somewhere else. But all they do is make it in the style of what they think it is. So, for example, a lot of people in a lot of soldiers in World War Two went to the Pacific Theatre, and they were like, "Oh, tiki cocktails and and tiki culture and Polynesian culture. This is cool." So then they went home and made tiki bars, which have absolutely nothing really to do with tiki, like Polynesian culture. Yeah. But Irish bars in like New York are yeah. are that thing. They're a hyper real simulacrum. The way that Boston is just a pretend <laughs> Ireland. Uh, that's that's what this is. I, yeah. I think you may I be mean, right. I think I think that granddad, guy was from Mississippi. So Mark's granddad, um oh, the he was convinced he was he was full Irish. But like he visited, maybe spent a total of like three full days in Ireland in his yeah. life. I'm I'm more of a New Yorker than my granddad was Irish. Uh, I've got a mate, and I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm not going to mention him by name, but he'll know exactly who I'm talking about, who uh, lived in uh, lived in uh, Glasgow for a few years and is from London and wears a kilt to weddings. Uh... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, man, because the thing is, right, obviously, like, you're, you're a massive gatekeeper when it comes to people calling themselves Irish. Um but I, I feel like any anyone who comes to Scotland and wants to be Scottish is considered Scottish. So you don't have to have in, been born here. I feel here. like in, you're gaslighting in, me there for a, a little second. I, so Eddie's not Irish. Eddie can, <laughs> Eddie can claim an Irish passport. He's not Irish. But what if he went and lived there for five years? Then that's fine. He, then he can be Irish. Oh, all right. And, for the most Irish and, people I know, he's definitely not listening to this. Christian Lomboto came into our primary school. 
What a lad. Best GA player in Galway. Where was he from? Nigeria. Nice. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. In fairness to Laura, if there's one group of people who should be gatekeeping, it's the Irish. Because when you leave that gate open, <laughs> the British turn up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think... So, talking about GAA, GA, right, which is Irish football. So, this lad from Nigeria, right? Yeah. Um, if he went... If he went, well, I've, I've spent a lovely time here. Thank you for considering me one of your own. It's been wonderful. But I need to go back to Nigeria. I'm going to take back and spread the good word of the ga, right? See if he went back there and then it turned out that all Nigerians were better at ga than, like, <laughs> white Irish people. And they came back over and basically did to the GAA what African-Americans... I don't want to use... I don't want to say did to basketball in, like, the 60s and 70s, <laughs> but it just turned out that black players are far superior to white players at basketball how would the Irish feel about that you're on trial here if they had Irish accents maybe they would they'd be grounds <laughs> we've yeah. embraced we've we've embraced a lot of uh, Kiwis into our rugby teams and they have Irish accents now so we're all for them nice <laughs> yeah that's that happens to the that's what's happening to the, the Japanese uh, football players who've come to sign for Celtic yeah <laughs> they're all talking in pure class region accents it's funny so, so Laura what you're saying is you're fine with people being like saying they're Irish as long as they can do the voice <laughs> as long as they can talk like me yeah when I say talk like me people always think I'm American so <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay right <laughs> Right, um, I want to say one thing I did like about this episode. Fucking well done to somebody involved in making this with at least having the wherewithal to do enough research to know what Pachin is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which uh, I actually know one cocktail bar in um, uh, that you can get in, in Brixton that does it. Uh, and I introduced a bunch of my friends who'd never heard of it. Oh, really? <laughs> and I, I, my mate's response to it was, this is basically paint thinner. Mm-hmm. Why have you made me drink this? Yeah. While I was getting a second round in. I had a dog uh, named Pachin. <laughs> nice. Do they he's taste good. like paint thinner? Uh, no, but he's really annoying. <laughs> have you ever had Ray and Nephew? Oh, yeah. My mate John drinks that. Oh, he drinks mate, it on the reg? His surname is his surname is Ray. Oh, so right. as a as a joke on one birthday, somebody got it for him, and he developed quite a taste for it. I I mean, has he lo- <laughs> has he literally lost his taste for everything else? <laughs> so Ray and nephew is like super overproof rum. It's like a hundred and fifty proof. Right, it's absolutely disgusting. My I gave it to a friend because uh, when I went down to London there was one other guy I knew who knew about it and we were like fuck it shall we get it so we got it for like a group of our mates and one, one guy Nathan took the shot because you have to just drink it as a shot um, and he was like it tastes like a surgical glove that's just been sterilised uh. <laughs> yeah it's it's up there I've, I, the only thing I've ever had that's like more so there's a drink in the Dominican Republic called Rum 151 and its nickname is Dominican Gasoline because during the <laughs> Cuban Missile Crisis, no one in the Caribbean could get petrol, and the people of the Dominican Republic found that Rum 151 will allow a diesel engine to run. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's I've had it straight, but also if you put it in like a smoothie, like you get a smoothie of a mango smoothie and half a pint of that, and then half a pint of rum, you can't taste the rum. It tastes like fruit juice. Ooh. Uh, and yeah, it's the most alcoholic and dangerous drink I've ever come across. Worse than Pachin. Because, Spe- it, yeah, it's massively overproofed. Speaking of things that you shouldn't drink, um, <laughs> Pulaski really endeared oh, herself yeah. to me in this episode. When she, oh, yeah, yeah this the, is the... The, the, the dangerous tea drinking business. Okay, I was going to refer to this why, as a... Why do, the, why do the Klingons have a sexy tea ceremony? What, what a wonderful culture they are. I, so many questions. <laughs> I I was going to refer to this as a subplot, but I don't think that it is. No, because it's the plot is that Wolf passes out because he's got some childhood disease. Then he has a tea drinking ceremony with Pulaski. That's all dealt with in the first ten minutes of the episode, and then it's never referred to again. It doesn't come up in any way. I feel like it was in an early draft of the script that that was supposed to be the B plot, and then they took it out and forgot they'd filmed two scenes. Yeah, I feel like if, if this episode had taken place before the Wharf's ten-year anniversary, let's hit you with 
pain sticks. Had happened in that order, I wouldn't have questioned why Pulaski was at that ceremony so much. Because it did seem like it was a nice, friendly. It did seem to yeah. become like quite good yeah. friends. Because <laughs> Wharf, Wharf is up being uh, just full to the brim of you know unrealized anger at other people and things <laughs> he doesn't understand. So it's not a surprise that he's friends with Pulaski. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like that Wolf thinks that Irish women are like Klingon women oh, based on his sample don't. size of one yeah. Irish woman <laughs> on the Irish women oh us Irish women ye all go off and ye get drunk and we have to take care of the house and the children and Jesus Christ above and oh, 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 oh. It, just, it's, it annoyed me the Irish women trope of this was the absolute the fact that as well when when Pulaski was like two hundred and seventy two of them and two very close because Irish women are always pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's okay. I, I will say it's very. When they said there's a second colony, um, there was like, and was, it, a part of me was thinking, oh, it'd be funny if it's the Brits. But another <laughs> part of me was thinking it'd be even funnier if it was just. Protestant Irish people, because <laughs> this is clearly a Catholic Irish colony. Oh, they clearly. Find. <laughs> In a way, though, I think it does feel like they are it, it, this Irish, but who haven't gone back into trying to pretend to be this like folky ancient Irish people. These are just Irish people who've really fucked themselves over um, with technology. Um, and whether that's Protestant Irish people, who could say? But you know, I mean, they they are, they, they are diminishing. They are they're, <laughs> they're essentially uh, Catholic, they're essentially Irish Mormons. Yeah. Because I imagine I, I I don't know if I missed this or if I wasn't really listening, but I didn't understand why they left Earth. Like, was it was it just to found an Irish colony? Well, he was. Yeah, he wanted to. They, they weren't happy with like where the human race were going with technology and depending on it and he wanted to get back to nature and like living off the land and not being futuristic do you think he wasn't happy that maybe like the oh no no I was I, I was gonna say something about it but it's actually directly contradicting I was gonna say do you think he wasn't happy um, that the day before first contact, uh, Ireland finally got the six counties back and then the day after first contact <laughs> Zephyr Cochrane was like well we're just making a one world government now so every country is everyone's no but we know that happens in 2024 but we right? know what happens in 2024 2024 yes and we're on path to that now yeah. Like, yeah. if the death of the queen isn't enough to get the captive counties back I don't know what the fuck is going on here O'Brien watch the best, uh... the, the best reaction to the Irish in this uh, is when they beam on the they energize onto the the transport platform and O'Brien is there, oh. and uh, <laughs> he immediately radios the captain and says, and I quote, "Captain, you better get down here immediately. I'm not dealing with people from Cork." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that the guy. So that they were like Amish people who went off into space, but obviously the people who founded their colony they've long passed. So the people are just stuck being like medieval Irish yeah. peasants. Um, but yeah, I like when they get beamed up and one of their first things is like, oh, that was a great transporter job. I knew you were an Irishman to O'Brien. I feel like, like... You've never encountered a transporter before in your life, mate. I feel like Colomini was every Irish person watching this episode. He could, he could see the car crash in front of him that was the absolute insult to his people. And he was just trying to distance himself as much as possible. Oh. I think if if Cole this this episode would never have happened on Deep Space Nine, where where when when Cole Meany's in the opening credits and he's got a bit of sway, he would have put his foot down. Yeah, yeah. Fuck no, lads. But in this one, it's just like I can't kick off. They could replace me quite easily. They could get Sonia Gomez in to run the fucking transporter, and I'll be out of here. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, so after we, we so the, the Irish come aboard and and they get put into uh, oh and can we just point bay. out as well yeah go on Picard initially is quite frankly disgusted by these people yeah he really is well he is French 
he's disgusted by them and then he finds them amusing. Yeah. Which is because in real that's not acting, he's just he's just quite an aristocratic <laughs> aristocratic Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel like if push came to shove, Sir Patrick would be for the cause. Uh, <laughs> that's a fair point. Uh, sorry, Sir Sir Patrick. I think actually his uh, his choice of he didn't have to kneel in front of her. He could have could have made a stand. Uh, yeah, but Ian had done it. <laughs> fair point. <laughs> um, did you did you clock the uh, the thing with the, uh, the 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 race of the the colony of clones? Yeah, yeah, because I shouted, I shouted at the screen quite viscerally, right? So we, we see the Prime Minister, but then when they go down to the planet and they see the guy in the black suit, I just started screaming at the TV, Clothes! 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, oh. then, then you lost confidence in it a little bit, because you went, Clones! Clones! Or brother! <laughs> <laughs> they, they, okay, they, they, they knock out Pulaski and Riker mm. to steal their DNA so they can clone them. But they don't do it to Geordie. Yep. And they're also really upset about the idea of having the other people from the colony turn up. So is the clones colony's policy no blacks, no Irish? Uh... <laughs> now, I thought I, I, we were thinking that uh, with Geordie, it was a no blinds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Potentially. Yeah, it's, but, yeah. It's, it's actually in their constitution. It's article number 16, <laughs> no blinders. I'm just surprised that, that, that Riker seems quite angry about it and this is the most I've ever seen Riker worried about leaving his DNA all over the shop. <laughs> his DNA gets go, leave, get left on that planet. Yeah. Uh, just inside that Irish girl. Also, <laughs> I'm going fr- to throw this out there, right? They don't... When they're introduced to the colony of clones, the, the Irish colony don't say, say that somebody called the Prime Minister sounds important. This is... Because there's yeah, the people of Ireland have a notoriously poor understanding of British political institutions <laughs> and their effects on the outside world. <laughs> it's like Prime Minister, that rings a bell. Oh, yeah. If, Im- imagine if by right. So when does it, so Zeph from Cochrane discovers warp travel? Uh, is, uh, the, the Phoenix flight is in like twenty forty something, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and these people leave like fairly quickly after that. So what they are implying in this episode is that by uh, by about the twenty sixties, Ireland will have just let it go. <laughs> let the past be the past. Yeah, that, it will. Ne- it will never happen. <laughs> no, because like, people talk about the like the troubles and oppression, but in Ireland we talk about. 800 years yeah. of oppression. Yeah. Did you see the... So, so obviously the Queen's dead, right? Woo! Um, but... Uh, and and they, like Celtic... Celtic Football Club uh, have kind of been back <laughs> in their brains to be like, well, we have to keep playing football because it looks bad if we don't and also fuck the Queen, but we can't, we can't say that out loud because we're the board of directors. But at the mm-hmm. same time... We we can't just let the we we can't let the fans go mental. We can't really let them have a minute's silence. So at this week's game against I think it was St. Mirren, um, they decided instead to have a one minute round of applause, right? A one minute applause. <laughs> um, and a bunch of the fans uh, got a banner that said, If you hate the royal family, clap your hands. <laughs> um there was footage from an Irish football game where the chant was Lizzie's in a box. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lizzie's in a box. Yeah, yeah. In a box, Lizzie's in a box. There's no way, man. <laughs> but she's not in the box. She's, no, there's no way she's, she's not in the box. box. No. Yeah. She's not in the box, no. And I, and Most I don't, people I, are queuing for 17 hours I don't, to look I, at an empty box covered in a flag. I don't even think there's a reason for it. I don't think she's like like they need to take her away for an autopsy or something. I think they're just keeping her in a different lead box somewhere else, not for security reasons, but just because they're like, wouldn't it be funny if these idiots that don't realise that we don't do anything and that we just take their money off them and give them nothing in return, wouldn't it be hilarious if her last act is to make them queue for 24 hours for nothing? 
I, I think it's like Ocean's 12 specifically, which if you haven't seen Ocean's 12, the, the really big reveal at the end is that the clever plot isn't real uh, and they just nicked it earlier and brought it down on a train. Yeah. Like, that's fabulous. Yeah, I reckon that's what happened. But uh, I also, I've, I've not been calling it the Q, I've been referring to it as the Gammon Snake. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, she's not in there. It's a very warm room. Uh, it's not air conditioned, and somebody got uh, somebody got arrested for holding up a piece of blank paper. Yeah. Uh, next to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but Eddie, you can't you you can't see anything these days, mate. You can't see anything about about the blacks or the transgenders or that. You can't see anything these days. Yeah. But you'll be arrested for holding up a blank say, sign. Yeah. This country fucking sucks, man. Yeah, I want to go. I'd live, rather go and live in Space Island. Island. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I did. So I did want to bring up about this episode because um, uh, I realised I've got a massive hole in my knowledge that I don't understand. So, right, they they go through the list of things that they've taken were taken on this ship to like the middle of nowhere, and they say that like, there were a bunch of spinning wheels taken, mm. and they sort of laugh and go like, "Ah, oh, isn't it funny? They've got all this old technology." How do we? How do? What do we use instead of spinning wheels now? Oh, because I, I realised at this moment I don't have a clue how thread is currently made. We we we, we use <laughs> the the easiest way to put it is that we use um, machinery derived from the mechanics of a spinning wheel. Oh, right, it, okay. it, it, Calling what we use a spinning wheel is the same thing. It would be the same thing as calling a motorbike a penny farthing. It technically okay. does the same job. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, their 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 spinning wheels are quite impressive because did you see that lace number? Oh, I mean. <laughs> that red lace number on her when she first fucking beamed in. Yeah. Jesus yeah, I did. Of, of <laughs> we meet. T- there's two Irish characters in this that actually get to speak, and one of them is a an itinerant scabbing drunkard, and the other one is an insatiably horny redhead. Yeah. Uh, this. This was, I feel like this was somebody in the Star Trek writer's room was working on their own personal fan, their own personal erotic novel. And somebody leaned in and was like, well, is that your writing? It was like, oh, so this episode, episode about, about, about Space Island. Do you think the erotic uh, fan fiction was about um, O'Brien? <laughs> Oh, all I can oh, all I can say is, uh, Laura, as offensive as you found found this episode, there is an episode in season season seven, Mark, where where Space Scotland comes in. Uh... Oh, I bet they just get drunk and fight. One one of the best Scottish characters I think I've ever seen is, and he do, and it's just it, it it's essentially a ball of stereotypes, but it's really funny because they play up to it. Uh, did you ever watch Samurai Jack? Uh, yes, I did. So and yes, his you pal, the Scotsman. Yeah, and he's just got a big ginger beard and a ghillie shirt and a kilt, and he's eight times bigger than all the other characters. Um, and he lost his leg, so he replaced his leg with a machine gun. Um, and he just loves fighting and drinking, and it's he's he's just the most, he's the most fun character. There's an entire episode which is just that Jack. It's called Jack and the Scotsman, and it's they meet each other on a rope bridge, and both of them refuse to go back along the rope bridge to let the other one pass so they just fight and Jack's doing it because he's trying to achieve a goal which will stop all of mankind from being enslaved and the Scotsman doing it because he just wants to have a fight <laughs> <laughs> um, so these clones so these, yeah. these clones are clones of the people who originally left the planet 200 years ago and they obviously have the same memories in that but the thing about clones is that you get generational decay. So every time you have a generation of clones, it's a clone of the last clone. There's going to yeah. be problems with it, and then eventually you're going to get to a point where it's unsustainable. So they want. For more to... on the science of this, watch the movie Multiplicity, starring. Yes! Um... <laughs> yes! Michael Keaton! I love that yeah. movie! And one of them's kind of stupid, but he is, he's the fun one. Yeah, because yeah. he's a clone of a clone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um... it's. it's... So we, we it's revealed that um, in order to keep their DNA pure or something, they they decided to stop having sex. 
And to well, them, there's five of them. There were only five people survived the landing, so they couldn't do that because there'd be all sorts of inbreeding problems. Well, no, not really. What they would have is more stock for clones. Well, they should have all they had sh- at least one generation of kids yeah. up front, and then and then that generation, because there is like, like they, I think some Pulaski, I think, does bring up that there's a name for it. Like, does the num the number of female male ratio that you need to sustain an actual breeding population, and five people, so long as at least two of them are women, you would conceivably be able to have two generations, and it would be fine, I think. Uh, I just gotta ring the feminist bell. Right. Ding ling ling. Um, there's five. There's five characters on this planet. Three of them yeah. are men, and two of them yeah. are women. Uh-huh. We see all the men. <laughs> we only meet one of the women. It's not very difficult no. to introduce five. Yeah, but the the characters. women the, the women that they brought in the original five what ones? Don't. Uh, <laughs> don't because that that they wouldn't work out, so that that makes your argument just now impossible. No, all right, yeah, fair enough. So, um, yeah. was it, I, I was going to ask that. Do we reckon how was this done? Like, because there's a bit where there's like you see three of the women in the same shot standing next to each other. Did they did they get triplets? Yeah, yeah, probably. D- yeah, is that cheaper? Oh yeah, 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 it's real cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, because they didn't have any lines, so they probably just got three triplets. Oh, no, a yeah. set of yeah. triplets. Yeah, there, there's, like, specific casting agencies that will seek out people who are triplets and just be like, we're, we're, we're going to sign you up because people, like, productions will want you. you. You probably, even if you're not a very good actor, you won't get any lines. It's the same yeah. way that uh, there's specific casting agencies. I don't know if they have them here, but they do have them in Los Angeles. There's specific casting agencies for amputees, so oh, that yeah, in like war scenes they can show they can add like a prosthetic like wound to the bottom of the leg and have them go ah you, I'm not going to save Private Ryan. You must have a genuine love for the entertainment industry. Where to to be in like that position and be like so what's what do you do in movies? Oh, I, I'm, I'm an amputee actor, so I go on set. And what they do is they use special effects to um, make me up so that I look like what was the worst day of my life. Uh... Yeah, in, in the thing, there's a bit in the thing where the doctor tries to operate on the thing and he puts his hands and it's the thing's chest opens up and the guy puts yeah. his hands in and it just bites his hands off. Mm. Um, and that's just a guy who didn't have any hands. Going, ah. In, in um, Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, Battle of Helm's Deep, um, the guy with no eye, he only has one eye, and then he just has a big hole in his head. He was just a, like a distant extra, and they saw him and he were like, get that man to the camera. Yeah, and, and apparently <laughs> Peter Jackson had to be like, listen man, this might be embarrassing, but can we see what, what, what you look like without the patch? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, grand. And Jackson was immediately like, "Fucking get this guy in." He's he's not the guy who uh, he's not the guy who fires though, is he? No, no, that's just an old dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> my my, so my cousin to like once told me, um, and it, and it's it's one of the see, I'm quite I'm not I wouldn't say the word gullible as I'm not I don't think I'm gullible, right? You are gullible. No, I don't think other so. people would say that about you. Um. <laughs> who? Who would say that? James Meakin. Um But I, but occasionally, but, but it's not, a, it's not a gullibility thing. But and it, and it sounds similar. But sometimes if people tell me something that sounds like a fact, and my brain goes right, we've logically worked that through our head, and that does seem like it makes sense. Um, my cousin once told me that people with one eye are better at aiming bow and arrows. Because we were watching the movie Wrong Tom, starring Eliza Dushku, and one of the inbred uh, mountain uh, royal family, where um, <laughs> uses a bow and arrow, and he was like, and he only had one eye, and my cousin Jamie was like, that guy will be better aiming because he's only got one eye. Um, and I believed this for about, must have been about 16, 17 years, before I said this to my friend, who actually does archery, and I went, is that true? And he went, well, 
obviously not. The guy wouldn't have any fucking depth perception. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. It's pretty yeah. useless to fire a ranged weapon if you don't know how far <laughs> away things are, isn't it? <laughs> um, Maybe they're just better at judging how tall people are. It's like, well, that guy must be about that far away because I know how big he'd be if he was here. <laughs> I used to, so I, I mean, I've said on the podcast a few times, but I used to work for the IMAX and I used to work at the IMAX in Glasgow. And uh, I worked with a guy who was a fucking just, just like, imagine the most irritating cunt you've ever met in your entire life. And then imagine that he met the most irritating cunt that everyone else had ever known. And those two people had a baby and they hated <laughs> that baby. That's who the, that's it. James, that was his name. Fuck him. Um, he, he, he worked at the Glasgow Science Centre and yet was a devout Baptist. Like, and I, and I was like, what does that mean? And he went, oh, I mean, we pretty much take the Bible literally. And I'm like, all right, cool. And that was just the last time I ever spoke to him. Um, but uh, he, we used to work in the IMAX together as part of the Science Centre and one of the jobs is handing out the 3D glasses. Um, I'd... Uh, <laughs> Someone came in once and said, um, oh, with, with a 3D, my son's actually blind, so what's the best place for him to sit? And James went, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> to his face. <laughs> but at least pick the place with the best sound. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a really awkward time, though, because I was like... <laughs> someone came in once and I was... This isn't a story that's very interesting, but I'm going to tell it. Uh, she came in and she was like, uh, right, I want to see, like, not Thor, I, I can't remember, what, I think it was maybe, it was something in 3D, right? It was maybe one of the Harry Potter movies or something. And she came in and she went, right, I want to see it, uh, that. And I said, well, we only have it in 3D. And she says, all right. Um, she says, I actually only have one eye, so 3D doesn't work for me, so can I get a discount? And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, no, you should, should, should have given it half off. Hey! <laughs> right. And then, and, then, and, then, and then she fucking could not grasp that she still had to wear the glasses. Oh, yeah, because I want you to see both. Yeah. Yeah, she had to have the glasses on. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Enough about the blind. Except <laughs> for this. Except for this. Um, Geordie's Daredevil now. Like he's a human lie detector yep. in oh, this episode yeah. because he because he's blind and he can pick up on other. It's the Daredevil, and I, I looked it up. This is a, this episode would have been broadcast during Frank Miller's Daredevil run, so it's entirely plausible that somebody just on Star Trek just read that Daredevil comic like, oh, we'll give that as a skill to Geordie and didn't run it by a single other person because it never comes up again. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so but the clones they need they need some an extra an extra bit of fresh fresh DNA juice. Yeah, and 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 they're in the conference room and they say, oh, uh, we don't have sex. We find it repulsive. Ugh. Uh, to, and then and then Riker is just like, sorry, what? Fuck you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, Riker like, immediately right, dislikes them. Like Riker, <laughs> Riker has met people who have committed genocide and didn't and and took to them more. Then he takes to this guy, who's like sexist and repulsive. Riker met a woman who ran a society that wanted to enslave his entire gender, and he fucked her. Right? Riker, Riker doesn't give a fuck about your. Yeah, it's the the only time. And then I, 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 I as a result of that, I think Riker's anti-clone sentiment is worked backwards because he doesn't want to admit is because because he's got a whole thing like if you clone me, I become lesser because now that I'm only one Riker. As opposed to, as opposed which, to two Rikers like Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. also, it, uh, old, it, it, old old Jimmy Two Rikers. He's he's <laughs> sitting there in that fucking meeting with a guy, right? And the guy's like, we really need to take some of the Enterprise. Thing. Like, so so what is the actual? What is that dude's actual plan? Like, he's going to clone Riker, and then the clone Riker's going to come out, have all of the like knowledge of being Riker and this dude's just going to be like well anyway we hate having sex here so <laughs> enjoy eternity as we continually um, reclone you why Riker will fucking him. gun them down why why tell them that you're going to do this yeah because you could probably clone them without the memory right first time round mm. 
Just like meet the people of the enterprise, say hello, shake their hands, go back. But you can't do that. Instead, you've got to use the incredibly large cloning needle. Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently the blood you use to clone comes right from the middle of folk. Uh. And I know, I know they're not flying in on having sex or whatever. But you've got a good looking male DNA in the mix. And Pulaski? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they don't want a part Betazoid person, but you know, get Troy down there, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this episode was 100% first written when Crusher was still on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before they knew that they were clones, did you like the look on Riker's face when he looks in that room and sees a room full of triplets? <laughs> Showing Riker that room full of, uh, of free, identical, gorgeous women and then explaining to him they're from a culture that doesn't like sex is basically the worst thing that's ever happened to Riker. <laughs> uh, oh. Did you enjoy the, uh, the future abortion technique? Of... What, using a phaser? She's a phaser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, oh, yeah. I don't understand why these people just don't go back to Earth. Yeah. Like, what's what? I still don't really understand why they left. So why don't they just come back? I get that the the I the Irish people are stuck there as a result of some terrible decisions. But by the way, as well, that's that is the most horseshit thing in this episode. Oh, well, they didn't really like technology, so they decided to leave it up in a warp-powered spaceship. But they but they were going <laughs> they were going in the spaceship with the science people who ended up cloning themselves. They were basically just like what just stowaways. Hitchhiking. They yeah, were just we, hitchhiking. Travelers. Yeah. Travelers. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um but but that's but that would only be the original colonists. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, obviously we're generations and generations down because as soon as as soon as these fucking uh, was cultures, that would that be the, the correct? Oh, you can't say it. No, I can't say it. <laughs> right, I'll tell you about it, the c word. Um, well, you say, you say, Laura, you just say it. Culture. As, as, soon, okay, as soon as they discover. But that's what it, see a culture is what the dubs just call the rest of Irish people. Oh, it's about like what we call the chukters. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so they so then they discover that holy shit the replicator can just make unlimited booze. Yeah. And then there's very specifically the Irish, the red-headed Irish girl is like, well, now you've told them that, we won't get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what is it she says? Oh, now that you've told us that that magic wall can make drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so, so, it's so, like, every line of dialogue in this feels like it's been cussed like they've worked on it and refined it to be like i don't think we're offending all irish people is there a way we can i mean the thing is make right, it worse? i know a lot of irish people so you might think that they've taken it to a 10 but i disagree i think this is about an eight because does or does not your grandparents house have its own local magic healing well <laughs> sorry it's the, that's not at their house no it's, it's not up far the mountain Right, it's up the mountain behind or beside their house. It's right, in a... Brendan's well. It's a blessed well. <laughs> now, to be fair, it's yeah, a hole in the ground that dispenses magic water. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, man. I think they nailed this. <laughs> no. <I'm... laughs> When they beam up, like first beam up, and the music starts to play. I said this. I said this. I was like, um, I'm sorry. Does anybody else's like transport into the ship have its own fucking soundtrack attached to it? I was. It's not even. The thing is, as well, it's not even like it's not even the the contemporary Irish music of when these people would have left Earth would have been like. Like, I don't know you two. They're only they only hundred years from Niall now. Horan. They should have be, they should have they should have been they should have beamed into Beautiful Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least like a bit of the Wolf Tones or something. Do you think? Yeah. Do, do, do you think? Brian would, be... would have thought different of them if they beamed in to come out ye black and tans. <laughs> 
what you didn't see is the last four guys to beam in. It was just four guys all wearing white suits, standing on sto- sat on stalls, but they all stood up for the key change. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're going to see where it's like in November. <laughs> I bet it's amazing. Oh, I can't wait. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> and like, as, as much as we've ridiculed this episode, that the that concert stadium is going to be like all the Irish people on uh, in this episode. Oh yeah, it's just going to be all of the Irish people of Glasgow gathering in one place. Yeah, they're going to be most yeah. of which will be pregnant. They're, they're, they're <laughs> going to be going Laura's to the ATM saying, <laughs> "Sorry, are you telling me that this magic hole in the wall dispenses money that I can use to buy booze?" <laughs> Oh, this is, by the way, as I was going to say, this is the first episode where they've confirmed that actual alcohol is available yeah. in the future. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we talked about this. So I, so I reckon that the only reason Starfleet drinks synthahol is because they're like, well, I don't really want to be hungover because I'm representing Starfleet and also we, we, might, we might run into the Romulans tomorrow. So, yeah, apparently. Because I guess, but then I think having guess- real alcohol... On the same ship as a murderous holodeck is probably not the best idea. Uh, my guess is there are a significant number of regulations in place that are aren't officially called this, but are unofficially called the Scotty and Kirk regulations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I enjoy that Worf is like, huh, there was like a bit of a battle of whose alcohol is better. And he was like, well, let me show you, because we've got let me show you. really strong alcohol. Yeah, the strong Klingon alcohol that he gives to the Irish guy, and the Irish guy's just like, oh yeah, this is all right. <laughs> the noise he makes when he has it is a, is a noise that every... Like, on the one hand, it was offensively over the top, but it's also a noise I have made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like Mario doing a backflip. But yeah. But they did the... Because obviously the the clones they try to steal some of the DNA. They get caught immediately, <laughs> immediately caught, and 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 dealt with that. Pulaski well, Riker clones. Pulaski and Riker walk into a room. Geordie walks in thirty seconds later and says, "Where are Pulaski and Riker?" And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "Who? <laughs> you sure you didn't see somebody else?" And Geordie's like, "There's there's there's five people." <laughs> well, I'm assuming from Geordie's perspective, ten. Because there's the five clone people and their stunt doubles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been Smiley Joe was in this. He was. He was, yeah. Smiley Joe myself. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think as well, it, there was some bridge babes. Or maybe that was at the start of the last <laughs> episode. No, for some reason in season two, the, the extras casting agency have just been like, all the Randall bridge members should be absolute smoke harnesses like <laughs> what smoke smoke harnesses yeah wow <laughs> wow oh that's reminded me of maybe, that, maybe absolutely... if that's an offensive term please please let me know in the comments i oh, I, 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 I am willing to learn and grow <laughs> On an, unre- an unrelated note to that, so I want to just talk to you, to you about Laura about uh, the movie Prey that we watched when I was down uh, up at yours. Um, so you know, we were talking about how that movie isn't okay if the lead actress isn't Native American, and then you looked her up on IMDb and found out that her surname is Mid Thunder. Yes, and we were like, oh, okay, she's definitely Native American, right? She's a quarter Native American and a quarter Norwegian. And that's where the mid-funder surname comes from. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah but, she, yeah, but yeah. So that's that's an interesting fact for anybody who has... If you watch the movie Prey as well, it's really good. It is very uh, good. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> we should watch the... You've not seen original Predator. I've seen Prey now. It's grand. No. Predators. <laughs> no. I've watched the one with the girl. It's, all you need. <laughs> it's a girl and a dog, which equals one Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh. I, mean, I, I know, I feel like I've seen enough. The Schwarzenegger one, he, he jumps in the mud, the thing he can't see him. I feel like I've probably explained to you things about Predator enough. Yeah. That you have probably seen most of Predator. Yeah. But it's got, but I mean, did, did, did Prey have the lines, 
I'm a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. Uh, Actually, it does uh, have uh, if it bleeds, we can kill it. It does have if it bleeds, we can kill it. And weirdly get to the chopper, which yeah. is just a, a, re- a reference to a large axe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, Dylan, you son of a bitch. Uh, oh, I, I feel as though... Was, go, go on, Eddie. I was going to say, so I, so I, I just remembered something from the episode that I, we need to discuss. Because, you know... Okay, fucking this... Star Trek is on a real run for looking like it's going to be a, predicting a lot of shit from the future. Because I think we can all agree the death of Queen Elizabeth is probably the closest we are, and Brexit is the closest we've ever been to a unified island, mm. which is what's supposed to happen in 2024, according to Star Trek. And also, they bring up that in the uh, early 22nd century, so like 80 years from now, the first stirrings of world government are the European hegemony. Mm. So, so the EU starts becoming the beginning of the one, which I think is what the Brexiteers didn't want to happen. Well, yeah, because the but, French essentially want the EU to have like a super army and a, and a kind of a statesmanship. It's not going to be that is, super if the is, French are in it, is, is it? What, uh, <laughs> read a history book, Eddie. Uh. <laughs> oh, you can win it. They win a lot of battles. That's great, but you kind of need to, you know, put it away in the finals. Uh, if... Sure, but yes. <laughs> what? Um, World I, War One and two. I feel as though we're. I mean, um... they, they might not essentially have been the winners, but they it... placed. <laughs> they got to the semis. <laughs> but I feel as though we're leaving very little little time uh, to just uh, discuss how. Uh, the the Federation just kind of hand over the Irish people to these five Brits to keep them alive. Like some kind of sexual slavery, some handmaid's tale I, shit. I feel, and I said to you, I said this to you at the time, I feel like it's only kind of implied that they have to do that. Yeah, I mean... It, like, because there's, there's I, hundreds I would say it's of not... the Irish... If they get down to the planet and they're just like, you know what, fuck it, we ain't, we ain't gonna do it, then all the, like they, they 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 can overpower them because the thing is, we know there's only like two clone generations before the clones, so yeah. the clones can't even make more soldiers, so they they just have to do whatever the Irish people want, which I imagine will be just die out. Yeah, there's and it's as well because. The fact that there's a bunch of clones, like it doesn't, it doesn't help your genetic diversity if each of those clones is having a kid. Do you know what I mean? So they, it's like they need to have all of the women basically need to, all of the men need to father three children, and all of the women need to mother three children, and then you get down to the point that those children are largely going to be brought up by the Irish people. So basically, the Irish have turned up. Um, said they're going to be friendly, going to be helpful, and then taken over the Brits' culture in a wonderful turnabout of world events. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's just East America, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll come over. We'll uh, build you some railroads and sleep with all your women. I know we're your cops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, they turned up and the sign said, no blacks, no Irish. And they were like, what if we enforce the first part for you? Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially, I mean, you, you laugh, that's basically what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, I think, I think we've spoken about it. That was Planet Island, yeah. the episode. Yeah. I, I wish, up, I wish Riker... The Long Ladder. Yeah. I, I just wish our main Irish girl... When Riker was like, "You don't have to go down. We could just drop you off at whatever space station. You can go wherever you want." I'd watch that show. Yeah, me too. She was <laughs> yeah. really fit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you no, know, I'd watch her just banging her way across the universe. Yeah. Like I, I don't really understand what any technology is, so I'm going to refer to everything as magic. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow ends up married to the emperor of the Klingons. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> The biggest, the biggest takeaway for me is that like, this entire people were from uh, the, the planet island beamed on board the Enterprise, and Riker managed to get laid, but O'Brien didn't. 
<laughs> I'd say he did. I, yeah, we he's, don't. He's <laughs> not a he's not a talker. He's a he's a he's an action man, a man of action. He doesn't talk about it. Yeah, he's not just a hero. He's like he's Jerry. a union man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Does it. He does it. He just doesn't talk about Chief it. Chief Miles O'Brien is the Jerry Adams of the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's where we're going to end it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Uh, Bye. The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at Real Mark O'Neill and Eddie is at Ed Edwards Comedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now on YouTube at Captain Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog. <laughs>